Welcome to our second sermon in the series on the Holy Spirit, that one part of the Trinity of God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last week, Pastor Bill started us off with his introduction of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is exactly what we desperately need right now. There's so many things happening in our world that we can get overwhelmed, yet in our need, the Holy Spirit is here. And honestly, the Holy Spirit has always been present and always made himself evident throughout history. I appreciate this little video I'm gonna show you because it gives you um, an overview, the arch of, of the story, the narrative of the Holy Spirit from the beginning of Genesis through to history of present and the future. It's made by the Bible Project and I hope you enjoy it. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> so you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, Ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. 
The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. Did you like that? It just gives us great picture of what the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. Um, from creation to Joseph and the interpretation of dreams to the work that Bezalel did and to the prophets and to Jesus and after Jesus died was resurrected and ascended the Holy Spirit to his disciples and the Holy Spirit to us today. It's wonderful that the Holy Spirit pours into our lives today and our scripture today will lead us into learning more about the results of the Holy Spirit in our life, the new life we get with the Holy Spirit. And of course, we'll need the presence of the Holy Spirit to help us do that. So let's pray. Oh God, um, there are so many things we don't understand. And the Holy Spirit is one of those. I, I just pray that um, the words that you have given to us will help us explore the Holy Spirit more, help us to understand what this new life that is poured into us through the Holy Spirit from Jesus Christ means. So open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds and our souls to what you want to reveal to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be reading from the book of Titus, chapter 3, starting at verse 8. If we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Now the water here means actually washing, the washing of the Holy Spirit uh, moving into us, fluid moving in. This Spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is sure. I desire that you insist on these things so that those who have come to believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable to everyone. 
These verses remind me of what Jesus said to Nicodemus and kind of expounds on his words, where Jesus in John 3, 5 said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. And I believe Paul's verses reveal to us what this rebirth and renewal, as the verses say, are. That is our new life. It's from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it brings us in these verses to a places of reconciliation and rejection. We're going to work through these together to see what the Holy Spirit says about them. And then what questions does the Holy Spirit give to us as we wrestle with these? So first, in our new life through the Holy Spirit, reconciliation. Two kinds of reconciliation, I believe, are in these verses, and that is with God and with others. Verse 7 tells us that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And we can only be called heirs of God and have this hope of eternal life if we are reconciled with God. Two weeks ago was Easter. And that weekend reminded us of this reconciliation. With Jesus' sacrificial death, his resurrection, he opened the way for us to again be brought into a relationship with God. We just need to say yes. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We receive our new life and we're reconciled with God. We know then that we can live eternally with him. And this changes everything. Oh, we still live in a broken world, no doubt of that. But in our new life, we live to make it better. We can live in it better, to live out Christ here and now. And we can do that because we know where we're going after our time on earth is done. In Colossians 3, Paul also writes, For you died, and your life is now hidden in Christ, in God. When Christ who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Ah, new life. Now, there was a time period in church history, and even today, there are some people who go by this theology, this thought, that, well, if we're going to end up in heaven anyways, what difference does it matter what we do here on earth, to the earth and to people around there? Because this isn't where we're going to end up. So, It doesn't really matter. But that is not at all what God says in Scripture, is it? Nor what Jesus taught. Jesus said, love God, love others, right here, right now. Read the Gospels and see what Jesus taught and how he lived, full of love, grace, forgiveness, compassion. We're called to change the world, not retreat from it. And we can do that because we're living in our new lives reconciled with God. So our new life from the Holy Spirit reconciles us with God and with others. And we can look at verse 8 for this. I desire that you insist on these things so that those who have come to believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable to everyone. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For in the one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one 
spirit. So these verses are about community and we have to be reconciled to each other if we are tempted to live this out. It talks about people themselves, all kinds of people. It talks about lots of good works, not just one, not just the work I do, but the work we all do. And that is for the good of everybody, not just ourselves. In our new life from the Holy Spirit, we work at all things with others. We work at all things for others, just as Jesus taught us. And when we believe, we are filled with the same Holy Spirit and become our unique new lives. Because we are created uniquely, even though it's the same Spirit coming in, how we live that out will be unique to who we are. There should not be, and actually there must not be, any hierarchy or division in believers. Being filled with the same Spirit makes us brothers and sisters. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The old is gone, the new is here. And because we are reconciled to God and others in our new life, I believe the Holy Spirit stirs us up to ask two questions. Are you reconciled with God? If not, why? Why not? What is stopping you in believing in Jesus Christ and entering into this new life through the Holy Spirit and being reconciled with God? Think on that. Why not? What is stopping you? Look and reach to um, Christian friends to talk through that if you'd like to. Reach out to me or any of the pastors. Work through that question. If you are reconciled to God, we rejoice with you, brother and sister. I think the second question is, is there a relationship in your life that needs reconciliation? What's stopping you? Oh, I know relationships are extremely complicated. So, you know, I'm not trying to minimize all the hurt and damage and brokenness in many relationships. However, I also know that scripture tells us we are to be in a ministry of reconciliation. That's challenging. Think of those relationships. Is there one step you can do towards reconciliation? One email, one text to start down that journey. With the Holy Spirit in your new life, you can do it. If you can't yet reach out to somebody for help to help you take that first step to reconciliation. I like this quote from N.T. Wright. He says, Those in whom the Spirit comes to live are God's new temple. That's our new lives. They are individually and corporately places where heaven and earth meet. Together we are where heaven and earth 
meat in our new lives from being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are his new temple, reconciled with God and with each other. So once we think about reconciliation, the second place these verses bring us to in our new life, it's, I believe, one of rejection. Yes, rejection. The verses we read say, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. But, that is such an important word in scripture, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. That word of but, I think in this scripture says, that's our old, old life. This is your new life, new life with the Spirit. And so I think there are two things we have to put in our rejection pile when we enter into re new life. One is, speaks to our individual lives. And uh, in Ephesians, Paul writes, you were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, but to be new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off your old self, put on the new self. No matter what your past looks like, no matter what you have done, it is behind you, forgiven and forgotten by God. Oh, we often struggle, I do, to comprehend how God truly has forgiven us everything, everything. And we struggle to forgive ourselves. I encourage you to lift that struggle to God if you have that. Talk to your Christian brothers and sisters about it and don't Let's do this journey together to self-forgiveness together in our new lives because we are forgiven. However, because we are human, we can and we do fall back into our habits of our old life, don't we? Satan will tempt us, and he does. That's when we need to cry out to God. That's when we rely on the Holy Spirit that is in us because we're living this new life. Remember, Jesus himself was tempted by Satan in the wilderness three times. And his answer to it was, get behind me, Satan. He knows that when we're tempted, we need to say that. Get behind me, Satan. My old life is back there. I'm not going back to it. So Satan, you go back there with that old life. I have a new life. I have a new life. And when you are being tempted and you want to be held accountable, reach out to Christian brothers and sisters to help you in this journey. It takes step by step for the Spirit to work in us and for us to more and more often not fall back into our old way. And so besides our own personal old life, I think we're also challenged to look at the worldly life we see around us. The world is a broken place, as we said at the beginning. In Colossians, Paul writes, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, 
where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. And then he goes on for seven verses of all the things we're not supposed to say and do. I'm sure we could guess all of them. Uh, You're free to read them. But I'm going to skip over them for now. Because he continues on in verse 9 saying, Seeing that you have been stripped of the old self with its practices, and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the Creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. Renewed in knowledge according to the image of our Creator is important. See, remember in Genesis, God created humans in His image. So we are sons and daughters of God, not sons and daughters of the world. In our new life from the Holy Spirit, we are no longer limited to what the world's point of view of us are. You are no longer limited by what the world says you are or what you should do or what you should be. Set your mind on the things that are above, not the world. See yourself as that son. See yourself as that daughter of God. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples when they were arguing about who was the greatest. And Jesus basically said, the world, will desire, the world desires to have authority and power and put other people down. And then he says, but not so with you but not so with you in your new life. The world says you have to have power, but not so with you. The world says be first, be the top. Not so with you. The world says own this, own that, get bigger, buy more, get in more in debt, get the biggest, brightest, but not so with you. The world says, be little and degrade others, but not so with you. The world says, have the most followers on social media, but not so with you. You and I are living out new lives, being filled with the Holy Spirit, not the worldly life. So I think the questions the Holy Spirit asks us about what we are what we are throwing away is what are you struggling to put in your rejection pile what's hard to put down what habits and behaviors from your old life keep resurfacing and tempting you and what in the worldly life draws you away from your new life and your life filled with the Holy Spirit. Whatever you have identified, hold it in your hand, lift it up to God, knowing Jesus has freed you from all of that. Say, get behind me, Satan, and see yourself in the new life you're in. The Holy Spirit is in you and helps you through all of that. And you will hear more about that in the next week or two.
John Owen says, when the Holy Spirit sanctifies believers, that means gives us new life when we believe, he does a complete work in them. He puts into their minds, wills, and hearts a gracious, supernatural principle which fills them with a holy desire to live to God. The whole life and being of holiness lies in this. This is the new creation. You are the new creation living your new life. Our new life poured into us from the Holy Spirit brings reconciliation with God and with others and rejection of our old life and rejection of a worldly life. Anytime you are tempted to not believe that and slip into your old, unnew life behaviors, lift them up to God. Remind yourself through God's word that Jesus has saved you, that the Holy Spirit is in you, and you are a son and daughter of God Almighty. Let us pray. Father, we, um, we keep learning about the Holy Spirit and this new life that the Holy Spirit poured into us has given us. Help us to keep examining and learning and dwelling in the Holy Spirit so that we may feel his presence more and more. We cannot do what we're called to do without the Holy Spirit. So I just pray for each one of us this week. Holy Spirit, you make yourself extremely evident. In Jesus' name, amen.